All right. Hey, bitches. <laughs> Welcome. What's up? <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Opus Podcast. This is our podcast, Unraveling Songs. My name is Josh Kumar. And I'm Lana Holgado. Y'all ready to know what it is. This is our Indie Artist Spotlight, where we're bringing you the best and the brightest that the streets have to offer. And folks, coming at you from Rec Philly Studios in the greatest city in the world, we got one of them with us today. She's a returning champion of the podcast, a singer, composer, multi-instrumentalist. Please welcome Taylor. My music's so fire, I only leave ash. <laughs> What an intro, man. <laughs> that was epic. Oh my gosh. Welcome I'm flattered. Back. Thank you. How, Thanks how for having you, me back, guys. How have you been since last year? Oh, you know, it's good. Great. Yeah, it's been uh, quite a journey since vignettes released, and I can't believe the journey has taken me to where I am now. So I'm sure we'll get into it. So. Yeah, definitely. It's almost been like a year exactly. I think, yeah, March 25th. Oh, so yeah. in like five days, that's when the album came out. And yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. Time flies. Mm -hmm. Well, what was it like, you know, with sort of just like a year of reflection on dropping your first album? Uh, it was it was crazy. I think because I had worked for so long on that album. And then, you know, and then I had I had the release show like three months later and then, you know, kind of went through all this stuff with it. And I after that, I was like I was so burnt out, though, from like indie, like writing indie music and that kind of thing. So I did kind of like give myself the break I needed and then ended up stumbling across something very different from what I what I did. So, yeah. I got you. It's interesting that you say that because uh, one thing that really stood out to me when I was like listening back to mm -hmm. uh, our old app was the ascent and descent tracks that you had on vignettes right. with like that really like rich composition. And I remember like at the time when I was listening, I was like, this is something that I don't see a lot of indie artists like in, you know, that's like a field where they're not in in composition there. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that kind of had the forerunner to like some of your newer yeah, stuff. Yeah, definitely foreshadowing for sure that I had no idea I was foreshadowing, but I've always been a film music freak. Like I've loved film music from the time I was very small. I think, you know, just my my dad used to take us to all these movies. My, both my parents used to take us to tons of movies when we were younger, probably movies that like I think I saw Borat when I was like 10 years old. Like it was, you know, they took us to movies we probably should not have seen. But um, but like I'm thinking like classics, like, you know, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, you know, lots of John Williams scores, mm -hmm. of course. Um, and I've just been fascinated by those. Um, so I've always been inspired by that. And I think I wanted to bring because my album was so about storytelling and I have a degree in music composition I was like I might as well use this and do something with that but now I'm actually really using my degree <laughs> in my new stuff so yeah I think that's a very interesting like way to come back to your roots I guess yeah uh-huh yeah. do you ha have you noticed that there's anything um that you're getting to use particularly from your schooling or like is there a lot of things that you know, you just kind of know intuitively or that you've taught yourself, like, since you've left college? I think, like, knowing instruments really well, I think we one thing I was exposed to a lot when I was in school, because I, I was, it was choir college, but we worked with these huge name orchestras. Like, we worked with the New York Philharmonic, the Philadelphia Symphony Orchestra, even the Vienna Philharmonic at one point, and 
being exposed to those to those that kind of music too, like doing like Mahler's second, Beethoven nine, and like just watching the orchestras play, hearing that music in my head, and knowing how an orchestra operates has helped me greatly in like thinking about that when I compose. Like, what are the limitations of a violin? What are the limitations of a flute? Like that kind of thing, and having that kind of background knowledge. I think would be really hard for someone who's maybe never had that kind of it's not you know everyone can do it but it's something you have to learn and it's you kind of learn it on the job Mm -hmm. in that in that sense so that was definitely I think I'm really grateful for my schooling and and the music theory background I have I think too that helps a lot (laughs) oh yeah that was I feel like when I was in college that was a big thing of just like learning the limitations of instruments it's Mm -hmm. like you come in with all these ideas and then your teacher is like that's literally impossible right exactly and like with logic like I'm writing almost everything like with VSTs and plugins and that kind of thing and I play it on the keyboard so you can play a you know like luckily like a lot of the plugins will not let you play notes outside of the range of an instrument but like you like a cello can't play in a giant chord you know unless you have multiple cellos and each one is playing individual notes of that chord you know so you have to kind of keep that in mind to like oh this is going to be a split part cello or something like that you know and and not just be quarterly playing things you Mm -hmm. know it's stuff like that I think no like having that knowledge innately has helped me kind of orchestrate better you know and make it if I were to give it to a live orchestra it would be pretty easy for them to actually play it which is cool yeah have you ever um thought about you know getting things done by live orchestras oh I've yeah I mean I've obviously definitely thought about it it's a little harder to do than I've had a couple of like friends who are instrumentalists do like individual I just had a violinist play on the track and even just yeah yeah even just one instrumentalist putting it putting something on a bunch of VSTs just brings like a new life to a piece and if I could get a full like either a string quartet or like if I'm, I thought about contacting like a local community orchestra and seeing mm-hmm. if, like, you know, what that would be like if I could hire them to do something like that. But definitely down the road, that is a big goal of mine to get some orchestra, actual orchestra to play my music. That would be so cool. Yeah, it would be so sick. That's the things that you learned in college. Um, but what have you been up to since then? Like, that's helped you get to where you are now. Like, I know, you know, they don't really teach logic. They don't really teach, like, dolls there. So. Oh, yeah. That has been solely me teaching myself, for sure. And uh, I've watched a lot of YouTube. A lot of YouTube. YouTube University, as they YouTube call it, right? <laughs> so it's amazing, actually, the amount of knowledge. And, and you know what is another really great knowledge source is TikTok. You know, there's so many producers who just make these like little one minute, three minute videos of like that have been super useful and, and helpful. And, you know, they have all these little tips and tricks. Um, and so I, I luckily my for you page is usually just brings it across for me and I can just save it. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, so, yeah. the But the journey is kind of an interesting one. I can go into that. Yeah. If you know, kind of how I got from indie songwriting to like not indie songwriting (laughs) anymore really um so like I said I was kind of uh burnt out from the album I think my last like big event was my uh I did like a 30th birthday show uh it was like for um an event an Oktoberfest and I think that was in 
It was September like 17th, I want to say, of yeah. last year. I remember. That was I wanted the one you to go to at, like, that. Medford, right? It was Medford, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why I like couldn't think of the name. Um, so I played that and I was like after that I was like ah, man like and I got like a bunch of cards for like new gigs and mm. stuff like that and I just was like I am tired I turned 30 the next day so I was like <laughs> I'm especially tired now. <laughs> but um, I'm an avid reader and uh, so spe- specifically like fantasy books like I'm a huge nerd um, so I read this book series um, called A Court of Thorns and Roses, which is like hugely popular, especially on TikTok. There's a huge, crazy fandom, which I love dearly, but we're nuts, you know? So um, they're creating a Hulu show based off the book series. And this has been in the works for like a year, like a long time, and we have heard very little information on it. But I was like, you know what? It'd be kind of fun to like create a theme song for this and like pretend that like I'm creating the theme song for the television show. Um, and I had recently kind of, you know, with the album, gotten back into like composition. And so I was like, let's, let's just do something, you know? And it just like kind of, I posted it and I remember like, it like took off and I was like, what the heck is this? And then I started getting requests for all these other books and, uh, I just started writing for those books and, um, eventually releasing some of that stuff. And now here I am with more Spotify listeners than I've ever had in my entire life, more streams than I've ever had in my entire life. And uh, yeah, very like clear, I think, route to where I, like a vision to where I see myself going, which is really cool, I think. So that's been, that's been really rewarding, you know? Definitely, yeah. Uh, you, correct me if I'm wrong on this one, but you, did you enter some like Spitfire audio contest oh, for like yeah. composition around that time? Yes, too? very. Yes, I totally forgot about that, and that was huge. Um, so yeah, I entered this. Uh, they do this every year. Spitfire like holds a scoring competition, and basically they give you a scene from a show. Um, like in past years, it was like Westworld, uh, Star Girl, um, but this year it was Bridgerton, and I was super excited because I love Bridgerton, and uh, it was kind of hard though because. I love Bridgerton and I have, you know, Chris Bauer, who's the composer, like I had his music kind of in my head. So it was like hard to try to kind of keep it my own while still kind of fitting that modern uh, period drama kind of thing. Um, So I scored the scene and I entered with like 2000 other people and I ended up in uh, as one of the five like winners of the competition. So that was crazy and like extremely validating, especially for someone who was like completely new in the field and who really hadn't worked with scoring like visual media before so it kind of like confirmed to me like okay keep going down this path like there's something here like something's going on like it's worth pursuing and maybe having the indie songwriting taking a backseat for a little bit you know definitely yeah so with something like that where you're composing for like a specific like scene and visual medium there yeah like how are you sort of viewing like the storytelling of like the music itself oh yeah it's really it was I mean, for so for that, I spent way, like, probably, if I was doing that in a professional setting, I would have done it a lot faster, but I spent a lot of time. I think I watched that scene, like, oh, my God, hundreds of times. But the first, like, I would, I think I watched it about 10 times first to just, like, I would map out, literally, like, map out in Logic. I put the scene in Logic because you can, like, put video mm-hmm. in there, which is great. And then I, like, mapped out the pacing of where I wanted the music to change. And, like, I had all these, like, the scenes were like these little vignettes that had just like little tiny like kind of transitions throughout. So I mapped all of that vignettes. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Oops, 
<laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's okay. That's amazing. I didn't even realize right I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realize I did that. Um, so I like mapped those out, and then I actually adjusted each of those zones into like a time signature or a, a B- BPM that like fit. So that the scene would nicely fit. And when it got to the next scene, it would be falling on like a downbeat or something like that. Mm. So and then from there, I started like mapping the ideas of the scenes. But I had like one overall theme that kind of went through the whole thing. So it connected everything really well, I think. Um, At least that's what they told me. They liked that everything was connected. Mm -hmm. Um, But it changed with the, the like kind of feel of whatever was happening. So that that was fun. That was kind of fun to like figure out how to do that and what instruments to use and what pacing to use to like get that across, that emotion across. So that was, yeah, that's kind of what I did. That's so cool. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, was, I saw it and I was like, I really hope she wins. And I can't believe. Yeah. I like, I remember I was driving, I was at my cousin's wedding. We were driving to Aspen, Colorado. And so I was in the car watching like the winner uh winners get announced it's chris bowers who's doing the announcement <laughs> bridgerton and i was like and all of a sudden i like it was like i was like right in the middle it was like he said two names and then all of a sudden he was i'm like taylor ash and i was like i like was like in a car seat like just like oh my god and then i started hysterically crying because i was i couldn't Aww. control my emotions and uh i look out the window and i just see like gorgeous mountain because we're driving like towards aspen colorado so it's just gorgeous and i'm like where am i what is happening right now so yeah it was that was a wild day i, was, I couldn't believe it um but yeah it was awesome so like when you were composing and stuff like that did right. you have like any idea that you would be able to make it that far into the competition no, I had I had very, very little hope, especially for how many entries there were. And like it was crazy because like, you know, we, you put them on YouTube to enter and mm-hmm. mine only had like 50 views. Like it was like and like some of the top, like some of the top entries had like thousands of views and I remember being like, this should win. This should win. Mm-hmm. And then like once I won, it was like now it has like a ton of views and like so many people being like, this should have won. This should have won. And I'm like, it's it's literally fine. I'm just happy to be I'm just happy to be here. OK, you know, and it was it was very kind. Most people were very, very kind about it. Some people, you know, obviously were very upset that they did not win <laughs> as in any competition. It's kind of like that. Uh, just want to talk about what that composition process is actually like. Are mm-hmm. you starting with like a specific instrument and then just kind of layering it on top? Yeah, a lot of times I'll start with piano because it's like the instrument I'm most comfortable composing on and I'll come up with the idea on the piano first um I think the the initial idea if you listen in the beginning it does have piano still like and sometimes I I never take out the piano but then oftentimes I'll then start like um auditioning instruments you know um a lot of times though I do have an idea a general idea of what I want the instrument to be um but it, yeah because it totally depends on the mood and like certain instruments bring certain moods like a cello is always going to be a little like a solo cello is always going to be very heartfelt kind of bittersweet um and like flutes are like light and airy and fun and so i try to like incorporate instruments that i what i think of as a specific mood or a specific feeling that kind of thing and kind of arrange based off of that but yeah piano is usually where i start do you ever incorporate like unusual instruments? Oh yeah, that's thing? my favorite thing in the whole yeah. world. Like oh what? yeah, um, I have this like cool. It's called um, Lores, and it's this plugin by I think it's by, it's Contact or Sp- I can't remember. It's through the Contact, you know, Contact um, plugin. Um, 
and uh, basically it's like all of these really cool like hurdy gurdy, viola da gamba, yeah, and like these like very cool folklore instruments, which mm-hmm. I love using. I also love using like incorporating synth like different kinds of synths like especially in the low end as just like maybe like a synth drone Mm. just to kind of almost like use it as glue throughout the whole piece so if you listen to some of my pieces you'll hear like something really low underneath that just is like there the entire time I love to do that um yeah so I do love to incorporate a weird instrument and I I buy weird instruments all the time. I just got a melodica, which yeah. is like the like where oh you blow God. into it piano thing. <laughs> it looks, it sounds like a saxophone kind of, but you play it kind of, it's like also like kind of an accordion, but it's super fun. My brother has one of those. It's so fun. Yeah, we it's play, great. We, we uh, did for my grandpa's birthday, did uh-huh. a melodica piano arrangement of Claire de Lune. Oh my God, that's the best. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's such an easy... If you play piano, it's like you can pick it right up and, mm-hmm. and play it, which is great. There's so much information out there on YouTube University and oh, on yeah. TikTok University. Mm-hmm. How do you, like, organize all that knowledge into something that's actually productive? Because I feel like it can get very overwhelming. Oh, very totally, easily. totally. I usually have, like, a specific... I usually don't turn to YouTube until I have a specific question. Like, I will go as far as I can on my own and like i think the last thing i looked up on youtube was like how to uh compress strings because i didn't want to lose a lot of times when you compress like orchestral music it takes a lot of the like lows and highs Mm -hmm. out which is like so much of what orchestral music is about is like the very very lows and the and the swells and that kind of thing and sometimes it can leave it very sounding very flat in my opinion um especially if you're using VSTs, like uh, compared to like live instruments, you know, that's especially when it kind of becomes like, meh. Um, so I like, that's, I, I try to have a specific question in mind. And then I have like a, a, not a Google doc, like a, I guess, yeah, it's a Google doc of like little, like little cheat sheet of like, mm-hmm. when I get a, an answer question, I'll just like write it down so I don't have to look it up again. And I just like, it, that's not very organized. Like it's just random, mm-hmm. but you can like just search a specific word right. if you need to, you know, wow, so that's really smart. yeah. Um, so yeah, try to go as far as you can. Like if you're, if, if you're someone who's trying to learn a DAW, take a course on the DAW, specific DAW that you're using, get the basics down and then just, just go and mess around in it. And when you have a specific question, look up your specific question. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you just go and like try to learn something like maybe like compression is one of those things to learn as like a whole maybe, but like learn learn basic compression and then learn like different levels of compression. Like you know where the what is that one called where you have the different levels? Multi band. Multi band yeah. compression. Yes, like the I couldn't. My brain is like slow today for some reason. It's all good. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, yeah, so you know learn your basics and then work your way up from there because it does get there's so much information you can get really overwhelmed. For sure. Thank you. That was actually really useful. Oh, good. I'm, I'm going to go home and I'm going to mess around. Yes. We love it. Yes. I was doing that yesterday. Uh, I want to pivot, though, to uh, your own business that you're doing with this mm-hmm. composition because I know you're uh, doing some compositions for private clients and all. Uh, yes. How'd you get involved in that? Yeah. So um, I got, a, like, I just started, once I started, you know, becoming more popular on TikTok uh, from these like compositions that I created, a lot of people started reaching out to me about creating, especially authors, creating for their Mm -hmm. books that are being released. They were like, I would love to have like a theme song for my book so that I can use it to promote my my new book or 
they have a book out and they just still just want one. So I was like, there is like a market for this. And it's just, you know, and so I kind of created a From Ash Studios, which is now like my multi-purpose. It kind of, I have an LLC. It's just Taylor Ash Music LLC. So it's like kind of a now like a sub-branch of that, like more overarching thing. And uh, yeah, so clients will reach out. They'll give me like what they want, how long they want it. Um, and I just create something for them. And it's, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I saw your website when you, you posted about the yeah. museum. It's very sexy. Oh, thanks. I spent a really long time on it, so I appreciate that. <laughs> it's very, very sexy. Oh, my gosh. It was, like, such a – that was a learning curve, like, trying to, like, work – what did you Squarespace? Um, and it was easy. Like, don't get me wrong, like, but I still am dumb with computers. So, like, I was like, this is – kudos to people who do this, like, who design websites for a living because, oh, my gosh. But this, this podcast is sponsored by Squarespace. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> We are not. <laughs> if anything, we pay, I pay Squarespace like what I don't know, like seventeen dollars a month or whatever. Yeah. Oh, man. yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like it's worth it's really it actually very cheap. Yeah, it's yeah, not bad. Yeah, in a way, this was an advertisement for Squarespace. I know. Sorry. In a way, yeah, I need yeah. to. I need to bite the bullet and make a website. Yeah, it's you know, it's really it's nice because it feels like you feel more professional than you are. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. You're like, oh, just go check my website out. You know, it's so nice to have an email that's not like at gmail dot com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if they do that. They I do the G Suite. I have it set up for that. Oh, for, do you? Uh, okay. My tutoring business and all that. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I'll have to look into that. That's smart. Yeah, it's like that. an additional six dollars a month. Oh, that's not bad though. Yeah, yeah, because that is nice. I like. I always trust someone who's like from this, you know, from their website dot com or whatever, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, and it is like a useful like website builder and stuff. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to actually turn this into an advertising. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to talk a little bit about. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, when you're dealing with the client specifically, mm -hmm. how like what is how is it how did they go from like the vision of like what they have to like you translating that story like you know in an audio yeah yeah, yeah that's it so it really depends on the uh, the client <laughs> <laughs> the client it depends on the client um uh so some clients have a very specific vision like i just worked on uh with a client who again is doing a comic book and it's for a character and he gave me like so many reference tracks and then he'd be like and he was super specific about which parts he liked and um, which was extraordinarily helpful for me because then I'm literally just like kind of take, I already have then like the instrumentation that he is gravitating towards and like the form of like, you know, he wanted it to build like this one specific song. I think it was like the Batman uh, theme. Um, I forget by which one, there's like five of them. There's been too many Batman movies. <laughs> um, so that was usually that's kind of where we start is like reference tracks but sometimes like i just had a podcast client and i think they said we like drums we like piano and we want it to be like feminine fantasy the office theme what? and i was like <laughs> okay but we got there you know we, we got there and, and like honestly and it was the first try too i was pretty impressed with yeah. myself i was like okay cool we nailed it you know what was the podcast it's uh it's called our nerdiest thing um and yeah i just had an interview with them last week um they're great great group great group of gals uh they mm -hmm. talk about you know they read through books and um so they the my vibe and their vibe fit mm -hmm. very very well together so what was the melody like for that like fantasy meets the office it so it, it's very more towards the fantasy I see, yeah. if you listen go listen to the podcast can i yeah. can i can we no we don't have time for this right now Where do we have time? i wanted to listen to it we can just pull it up. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Just search, yeah, our nerdiest thing. You'll hear it. It's it's kind of, it's like, it's definitely more fantasy. 
but it's got like an up it's upbeat you know mm-hmm. i hear that i also gotta imagine like uh there's not a lot of female composers in this business no though. there's not unfortunately yeah. But that must Hello, be like. Hello, fellow nerds, and welcome to our nerdiest thing. Today we have a very special guest, Taylor Ash. <laughs> it's me. Wait, where's the theme? Here, go to the next. Go probably, yeah. yeah. That episode was their special and episode for. Okay, okay. This one. Podcast. That's it. I'm Whitney. I'm Mindy, and I'm Deb. We're three best friends who love nerdy things. Well, some people think we're nerdy, but we think we're pretty awesome. This see, yeah. is our nerdiest So there's thing. a piano part that's going da-da-da-da-da-da like the office yeah. theme does. <laughs> it feels like very Harry Potter-esque. This is mm-hmm. discussing Jennifer. I love it. Yeah, yeah definitely similar okay. instrumentations to that. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's uh, they. I think the office theme actually really threw me off. I don't think they really meant that. <laughs> yeah. I think it was just like the vibe that you get it's like oh yeah this is nice you yeah, know like like a little yeah. lighter not mm-hmm. so like right exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i'm a client of yours i will oh be. yes you are yeah. very yeah. shortly so actually, let's talk a little bit about this uh, production collab that you guys got going on yeah, oh, yeah. i mean we haven't had our first this we, saturday yeah. right. sesh it's a it's on April 1st. April, April 1st. Fool's April Fool's Day. Day. This is not a prank, though, I promise. <laughs> it's not, We're doing yeah. this. It's going to be so good. Um, I don't know. What is there to say? It, uh, I'm, what are you guys I'm working writing. on? Yeah, what's the song? It's called Archive. That's right. Um, it's a song that I wrote a couple years ago, and uh, I've always envisioned it being an orchestral piece. And so I was like, who do I know that can come? I actually approached you about this like a couple oh, years ago. Yeah. And then and then we did again. And then we're now finally doing yeah, it. We're yeah. We're finally yeah. doing it. It's finally happening. It's, it's happening. I'm, I'm so super excited. pumped. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, she's coming to my house. Yeah. We're going to have a fun little sesh in my mm-hmm. studio. Well, why don't you talk the process of like what's it like when you're working for a production client? Like, what do you? Yeah, uh, Lana's gonna be my first one to ever actually physically come to my studio, so that'll be super cool. You're gonna be like my little guinea pig, yeah. which will be fun. Um, so, yeah, I guess I don't really have much to say about it. We're gonna have to see how it <laughs> we'll goes. See. All right. uh, but yeah, I mean, I've got a really nice space. The only thing I hate about my space so far is that since I moved it from upstairs to downstairs, so to be close to my grand piano now. Um, I like don't have there's no actual door so I have just these big curtains that shut off the room but I'm actually getting a door installed like soon you yeah. moved it to be closer to the grand piano yes my baby mm-hmm. my little my little baby well it's actually not a baby grand piano it's a grand it's a five it's foot a grand ten grand. inch grand piano it's an adult piano it's a it's a grown <laughs> piano <laughs> Full-fledged, yeah. Have you have you named your piano? No, I haven't. I haven't settled on anything yet. Do you usually name your instruments? Um, yeah, my like my guitar's name is uh is Luna. Um, I haven't named. I have a really beautiful Taylor guitar that is super. It's like my pride and joy. My old pride and joy. Now that I'm my piano, that's kind of my pride and joy. But like, I still love my my beautiful Taylor, and I haven't uh, I haven't named her yet. But I wanted something like I want like Kona. It's like it's mm-hmm. got this dark Hawaiian wood on Ooh. it, and it's so gorgeous. And I'm like, I wanted something like kind of an homage to that a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it takes me a while to name them, mm-hmm. <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> I had a baritone ukulele because mm-hmm. I am Dodie obsessed, 
Love and that. Oh, I, I love Dodie so much, too. Oh, my God, I yes. Know. And the, the way she orchestrates, too, is oh, so, like, oh, my God. That album, the one... Uh, to Build a Problem. Oh, my God. I, like, must have listened to that album... I cried. A hundred times in a row. It I was cry. so good. So good. Yeah. But yeah. An- anyway, I bought a baritone ukulele. Or at least... No, my, my dad got me one for Christmas. Oh, because... Love. Because I'm obsessed with Dodie, and I wanted a baritone ukulele. Mm-hmm. And also, I was like, I don't want to learn how to play guitar. Um, and ukuleles are great for that. Yeah. Because um, yeah, it's low, but it's not like... But it's four know, strings, it's, and it's, it's little. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but her name was Nora. Oh, I love that. And I lost Nora on the train. No. I was so devastated. <gasps> and I, I was, I put up wanted posters. Not one, lost, <laughs> lost, lost item. Yeah. Yes. I put up posters. I was like, please return her to me. Please. And I got a new one and I haven't named the new one because I was like, I'm You're scared. You're so traumatized. I want, yeah. I was like, I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. I don't want to jinx it. Oh, I can imagine. Yes. Oh my gosh. I have another, I have a I have a baby Martin uh-huh. guitar uh-huh. named Martino. <gasps> Love yeah. that. Oh wait, that's funny. I uh-huh. like that. That's why I'm like I couldn't name my Taylor Taylor, but that would be dumb because my name is Taylor, you know. But it's kind of no, cool. No, but then it'd be like, hey, it Taylor's says, got Taylor's Taylor. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it says Taylor on the top of the guitar, and I'm like, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Speaking of tragic instrument stories, you want to hear my tragic instrument story? Oh yeah. Oh man. Okay, this is this is brutal. Um, I so when I was in college. We had these things called composer recitals, um, and sophomore year, you like the the composers in your class like hold a recital with like what you know each of them does like their own little set of their music that they've written, and um, I was performing like but a couple of piano pieces, a choral piece, and um, a guitar piece that I had written. And so I'm in the practice room earlier, like this is like three four hours before the the concert. And I have my guitar, I have the piano, I'm practicing the piano pieces, and I had my guitar leaning against the piano, and the piano, at some point, I I play really aggressively sometimes, and it rolled backwards. My guitar fell, snapped the neck in half, and it was like my favorite guitar in the world. And I've had the same guitar like two or three times, and it has somehow gotten broken. Not like, you know, that one was my fault, but the other one, my roommate fell on it and... Oh no! Broke so, and now they don't make them anymore. So I can't get it. But yeah, so it It was um, an Ibanez like exotic wood guitar. So Mm. it had this beautiful like cool wood with like these like turquoise inlays that like Mm. it just was like a beautiful guitar. Like probably honestly not even like the best sounding guitar in the world. I just like was obsessed with the way that it looked and it did me like it did it served my purposes really well. but luckily, I you know I'm out of music school, so I had a friend with like a really nice Martin guitar, and he let me borrow it for the mm-hmm. concert. But I like was like hissed, I came back up to the practice room with my guitar in like two hands, and to my roommate, and I was like, <laughs> like I'm freaking out. Like I had like three hours of this concert, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know, you know. So that's so tragic. Yeah, it was very uh, tragic. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> Play on in the memory. Yeah. Do you have anything else, Josh? Uh, Do you have anything else you want to be known? Oh, uh, so I'm releasing another album. Yeah, but it's orchestral music. Yay! Yay. So you know, um, I don't know when. Or I, I only know that I've committed to doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. as far as I've gotten. I'm like, all right, let's make an album. It's I think right now the working title is Realms, mm. and so it's going to be all the different like. 
That's a good orchestral title. Album. Yeah, like it's gonna be like all the different like different everything's gonna be based on books that I've read, yeah. and it'll be like pieces like kind of I'll scatter them throughout. A lot of them are like uh, through the Sarah J. Moss like world, so mm-hmm. those books. But um, yeah, they that's that's the plan. But mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, high yeah. so key like writing music about books is just. I just see like lots of indie artists popping with that. Uh, I know, yeah. A lot of people have hopped on the train, and it's it's been awesome. I've seen. Do you guys know who Mac Loren is? I've... Name sounds familiar. Yeah. She's like pretty fo- uh, popular on TikTok. She did an insane cover of "The Winner Takes It All." Like she's a gorgeous voice, mm-hmm. and she started creating like more vocal and like indie based like music for like also for Akatar. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like I just love seeing other people like what they create and like how different everybody's vision and like ear is for a certain thing like we could be writing about the same exact thing and to Mm -hmm. come up with something completely different and i think that's really cool so so everyone's brain works a little differently the book talk girlies oh man they be crazy though i love them (laughs) they crazy yeah they really do like blow up songs we had a previous guest sydney bird um Mm -hmm. who uh wrote a song from like daisy jones and the six oh my gosh i love that i love that book that's what everyone was saying but like yeah it just that one caught like fire on streaming because of like all the book talk people just going crazy over it did she take the lyrics that they had in the back of the book and then create a song from it or did she like write she she wrote it like inspired by it oh that's very cool okay that's still really cool because like it's cool because at the end of the book you have all the lyrics of the songs that they like talk about through all of the thing it's, it's such an interesting like it's when i just read it so like i wanted to read it before i watched the amazon show that just mm-hmm. came out mm, yeah. and the way that it's written is so cool it's like an interview being done after the fact like years after like these the rock stars are like 60 70 years old and it's about their like moments in the sun and it's very very interesting great book okay. highly recommend yeah all right uh lightning round time hmm? lightning round time yeah let's okay. do it <gasps> cool well, returning champion, as you know, we like to wrap up with a little bit of our lightning round. Okay. Uh, so first up, since we got all of like the boring questions out of the way last time, mm-hmm. not boring, but we got all the standard ones out of the way. Uh, who's your favorite Batman? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, uh, Christian Bale. Okay. okay. Good answer. What's your musical hot take? Um, I... <gasps> I, I think that you sh- if, if you're going to promote your song, have it super ready to be on Spotify immediately because if it goes viral and you don't have it ready to put on Spotify, that's bad. It's it, People will not wait for oh, you yeah. to listen and you've missed your opportunity. Yeah, so. they were talking about that at a workshop that they had here. They like it doesn't like, have to be out, to- but just like make it immediately out like a week later or yeah. else people will forget about it and you've missed your opportunity. So. That's just good advice, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah just, well, some yeah. people don't agree with that, but, yeah. you know. I don't know. I think those people are wrong. but like, <laughs> You're wrong, but yeah. that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. Uh, who's your GOAT composer? Uh, Howard Shore. Uh, Lord of the Ring. He wrote Lord mm, of the Rings. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, oh, man. If you could go back and score any movie, what would you want to have done? Oh. I would I would have loved to do Harry Potter I think because I'm fantasy is definitely my like specialty genre and I think that would have been really fun but also how can you how can you top John Williams score also but I think that's what I would pick. Can I can I just make a suggestion? Mm-hmm. But I think like you could do a really good like 
Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Oh, hell man. yeah, yes. That oh. that that score too yeah. close to my heart. Yeah. I, I really hope there's a swashbuckling uh, song on Realms. Cause... Oh, don't worry. There's there oh, there will okay. be there will All be right. something. All right. Yeah. Uh, favorite book. Oh gosh. Um. Fantasy book. I would have to say. Um, in terms of like how life changing it was for me is a court of wings and room which is the second one in like the akatar series because like i just didn't even know what i was getting myself into um yeah at favorite like book of all time though come back to, i'm gonna come back to that one okay. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, that's hard <laughs> <laughs> did i ask you boats planes trains or cars last time I, you might have boats planes trains or cars I think I'm gonna have to go cars. Okay. I'm terrified of flying and mm. boats. No, thank you. What about trains? Trains also kind of scared of them. Really? Bit. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, my cousin was in that Amtrak accident. Oh my god. That like the cars like the oh, trains like shoot. flipped over, and so now I always think about that when I'm on a yeah. train. Yeah. Were they all right? Oh yeah, they're okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But they were. That was not good. It was not good. So trains freak me out. Okay, a little bit. okay. I yeah. see. Beth, I'll give you a pass on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I was like coming back from the septa the other day and there were like three anti-vaxxers who were like having a very like loud argument in front of me oh no and i was just like oh yeah public transportation we love it yeah that's why i like cars i'm like i'm i'm in control of the situation i'm you know usually by myself and i'm, and I'm like okay yeah i think that's why i hate planes so much is because you just have to like put your hands in the faith of a complete stranger and you're it's, 20 yeah, 30 000 feet in oh the air God, it's so terrifying and you're like how is this thing up here it's a metal tube <laughs> yeah yeah I I get motion sick every mm -hmm. time we do yeah. every time I go anywhere. That's the worst. Even if I'm the one driving now, because yeah. usually it needs to be like you should get those. Have you seen those glasses? What they're glasses? like they're like they look like bendy straws, but they have like blue water in them, and apparently like these the water like moves so it like makes you not motion sick and apparently they work really well I need, yeah I they look ridiculous out. but they're they work really well no they're hilarious looking i but. need to check them out because it's getting real bad uh, and next time i see them like they always come up on like my instagram or i'll send them to you okay. so you can you can check them out thank you you're welcome okay. um what was your favorite venue that you've ever played oh um i would have to say uh it would probably be um what is that place called it's in Delaware. It's like the Queen in, in Delaware. I did a show with another band. Um, it was, we did the entire 808s and Heartbreaks album. Oh, really? Yeah, it was so oh, sick. Dang. It was crazy. Um, I was in the choir, so like, they, oh, they, that was very, very yeah. cool. Remember Jones is the band. Um, and uh, that venue was really cool, I, I remember. It was a really fun time. You know what I just also re realized I had the missed opportunity in that last question to say Carnegie Hall. I performed yeah, at Carnegie oh Hall. Oh my god! Like what the heck? Like I just like I mean, blocked but the that queen out. Is just so much better, it's right? It's just so much yeah. better. Yeah. I mean, why would you be in New York when you can be in Delaware, right? So That's, true. Yeah. Like I don't know. I think I blocked out my college years because mm. like we performed at a lot of freaking cool places, oh, like yeah. Carnegie Hall being one of them, but like also the Kimmel Center. Like yeah, that, that place went, is I've, sick. Yeah, I've performed yeah. at the Kimmel Center, but it's yeah. like it's a lot cooler when you have when you're a bigger deal you know yeah I mean? like when it's more like a smaller ensemble like i was in yeah. a big choir with the big orchestra so like you're just like a little plebeian amongst all of them mm -hmm. you know so yeah it's like i was there but yeah. i was just like a little i was a dot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um uh what's it called where'd you get your pants 
I got them They're, in Aspen, yeah, which sounds so bougie. <laughs> I'm not this bougie, guys. I promise. Um, but my for my cousin got married in Aspen, and I went to this like. I don't even know what the store was called, so I don't know where it exists. But it's like they're—it was like a vintage type yeah. store. Can, so. And for for our listeners, can you describe your pants? Oh yeah, they're they're literally look like giant army pants, but they have like we'll zippers have big, yeah. on the front. And you know what's cool? In the front, the zippers undo, and they oh. make them flare pants. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. That's so cool. Yes, yeah, so that's cool. Yeah. I just got this book on like the history of J. Crew and like all oh. like the different like fashion styles that have been coming through here, and yeah. just like. It's just really interesting how, like, the cyclical thing of it all Oh, my gosh. And, like, what's coming back again? Exactly. I was hanging out with, um, for my friend's birthday this weekend, and uh, one of her friends had two, like, I think it it was, like, five-year-old and a ten-year-old. And the five-year-old had on one of those, like, choker, like, with the, like, swirly, like, the stretchy ones. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I was like, I, you guys are, I know you're younger than me, so I don't know if you no, remember yeah. those. But I'm like, it's super, like, early 90s, like, mid-90s fashion is coming back very strong in the generation that's being raised or hate now. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, that's crazy. Like, butterfly clips, that kind of thing, yeah. you know? And I'm like, wow. TVC. And the flare, of course, the flare jeans and the flare like yoga pants and stuff yeah i remember being a child in the early 2000s and being mm-hmm. like and learning about the cyclical nature of fashion mm-hmm. i was like no one's gonna want this and this is why i try not to get rid of anything and i'm <laughs> a pack rat because i'm like this was probably gonna come back and i'm gonna be upset that i got rid of this you know but yeah i mean it's my toxic trait <laughs> well in like 30 years then you'll be justified right mm-hmm. right but exactly yeah skinny jeans will definitely come back then yeah so catch me in 2040 <laughs> <laughs> me at 60 just like not being able to even fit in the <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh well, we like to wrap up on uh the same question uh you know what i'm i'm gonna keep it the same because yeah. i feel like uh it's gonna be interesting to compare uh-huh. you and you a year ago with yeah. how you responded but uh you know you got realms coming out eventually any yeah. any idea of about submitting that for Grammy consideration? Ooh. Uh, well, you know what? After, like, the past couple years seeing, like, some of these, like, like the Bridgerton girls, Emily Bear and, and Abigail Barlow, winning a Grammy for their Bridgerton album, I would say, like, why not? You know what I mean? Like, at this point, it's nothing bad is going to happen. It just will be not accepted or will be. You know what I mean? So Definitely, yeah. mm-hmm. You also are like in this small contention of guests we've had that have actually been yeah. submitted for the Grammys. Yeah. And we tell that story a lot. That's so funny. Yeah. You got the ticket on. Okay. But, you know, we're excited to see you when you are on that Grammy stage accepting that composition award because oh, genuinely, thanks. genuinely one of the best composers in the game right now. And I say that with no exaggeration. Uh, but all that said, you know, us at the Opus Podcast, we're all about lifting up that indie artist, getting them ready for that time where they are on that Grammy stage accepting that award. So all that said, why don't you practice that Grammy speech right now? Oh gosh! All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for that for the for this incredible opportunity, this award, and I would like to thank all of you know the women on the stage who came before me because there have been very few of us in this industry, and uh, I would like to thank my parents, my husband, and of course my friends at the Opus Podcast who said I would get to this stage yeah. one day. So thank you. Not a lot of people thank no, us. No, you're the, the only the second person yeah. ever thank us. Yeah, yeah we're number two. So. <laughs> Shout out to you. All right. Yeah. I'll remember that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. You, yes. We appreciate it. The brand just keeps getting stronger. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, shout out where the people can find you on social media. Um, so you can find me on uh, Instagram, 
TikTok. That's really those are my big social medias. That's where I'm posting the most. It's Taylor Ash music. And if you want to check out my website, it's from ashstudios.com. Uh, yeah, and I'll hopefully see you guys around there in the comments section. You know, never be afraid to reach out or DM me. I'm I'm a pretty friendly person, so I'd love to chat. 100%. Y'all know what to do. Go stream, like, comment, subscribe. If you need compositions, you know who to hit up. You need producing, you know who to hit up. Taylor, thank you so much for coming back on. Thanks for having me again, guys. It's been a pleasure. All right. Our theme song is Underground Stars by Locks Beats. Take it easy, guys. Take it easy, man. Thank you.